right, glad you're with us. Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Um, I want to play again. Now, the president holds this press conference today. We don't know the exact number of people that are there, Americans, and our goal is to get every American citizen, every Afghan that helped us, even even women that are in the field of journalism, anybody's life who will be in jeopardy if, in fact, um, they are left behind. Yeah, the, the only problem with this is is he's obviously not paying attention to the fact that uh, there is a ton of press already out there about the Taliban, their, their deplorable, despicable treatment of women, how all these Afghani women are living in fear, how they are going home to home. That's right, Taliban brutality, house to house in Afghanistan, hanging people if they can identify them as having in any way worked with the United States in the last 20 years. Afghan journalists attempts to flee, describing the efforts over the sound of gunfire. Taliban fighters, now they apparently have a Black Hawk helicopter, a military helicopter. Now they're dressed as U.S. troops and mocking America with propaganda videos. Pretty scary. You got mothers taking their young children and throwing them over high walls with barbed wire, razor wire on top, begging British soldiers to take their children with them. May sound cruel to some people. Why? Well, you ask yourself, why would a mother, it goes against every maternal, paternal, if it's a, if it's a father instinct that any, any parent would have. Why would they do that? Because they know how bad it's going to be. Because that's how bad it was. And, you know, Biden telling lie after lie after lie. We had no idea they'd get here in such record time. Well, that is until we actually look at the July 13th, nearly 23 diplomats using a very secure back channel telling uh, Washington and Tony Blinken and others yeah, they're going to they're going to topple cobble. It's happening much faster. But the world already knew that. Well, we blame this was, was Bush's this was Trump's timetable. No, it wasn't Trump's timetable. Trump scared the hell out of him. And said, if 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 one American gets hurt in any deal that we make before they ever negotiated anything. I will blow you into smithereens into the next some some other century. Do you understand me? Okay, now that you understand me, okay, let's talk about how we can make a deal. That's how that negotiation went down. And Joe Biden is just out there lying. Now, we want every any American that wants to come home, we will get you home. But I can't promise the outcome, he says in the next sentence. Oh, that's just like the State Department memo. Yeah, you might want to consider making your way to the airport, but we need to warn you that um, these gates, uh, you know, these entry points open and close at a moment's notice, and we cannot ensure your safe passage to the airport. We're trying to get you out. Then Biden said, no, we've heard no reports whatsoever, none whatsoever, of of any inability of any American to get to the airport. Even an incredulous extension of his press office and the media mob said, excuse me, our reporting on the ground shows nothing but chaos and violence 
and Americans turned away. What are you talking about? Listen to this this answer by Biden. The military has secured the airport, as you mentioned, but will you sign off on sending U.S. troops into Kabul to evacuate Americans who haven't been able to get to the airport safely? We have no indication that they haven't been able to get in Kabul through the airport. We've made an agreement with the with the Taliban thus far. They've allowed them to go through. It's in their interest for them to go through. So we know of no circumstance where American citizens are carrying an American passport or trying to get through to the airport. But we will do whatever needs to be done to see to it they get to the airport. No indication. It's reported everywhere. Turn on a television. And by the way, let me address it's in their interests. Um, wow, because I couldn't disagree more. Unfortunately, it's not in their interest. They have all the power and all the leverage with as many Americans as they want behind enemy lines staying there. I would argue they think that's there in their interests. And now we have to get tacit approval, apparently, if we go beyond the August 31st deadline. I told you earlier that the both the French and, and the British have, have sent in paratroopers into Kabul to safely escort their citizens to Kabul Hamid Karzai International Airport. We have done no such thing. Now, earlier this week, we had on the program retired Afghani Special Forces. He been there, was there 10 years. Brigadier General Don Bolduck is, is back with us. Um we talked earlier in the week. I don't see a lot of great military options. You came up with a powerful one, um, but it would take ma- a massive military presence to secure your plan. But still, the fate of these Americans left there now in the thousands is still not in our hands at this moment at all. Sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's uh, good to be on your show, and the best to your listeners. Um, Yeah, sir, if you haven't lost confidence uh, in the president and his national security team after that briefing and the one going on in the Pentagon, then uh, you're part of the problem. This is ineffective and incompetent leadership. And there is a, unfortunately, they forced our hand, right? We have thousands of American citizens and thousands of Afghan uh people that we need to repatriate and and this is going to take a serious effort if they had done it before the withdrawal and had done it right then we wouldn't be having this discussion right now but they didn't so they forced the hand and and listen what i want to do is my plan would set us up so that we could get all of our people out and we could do it systematically and we could do it uh, you know competently and we could do it and you know very quickly but it also leaves us options open because the Taliban and al-Qaeda aren't going anywhere. They're one and the same. They're bad. And the president said al-Qaeda is not even in Afghanistan anymore. I don't know where he got that information because al-Qaeda and ISIS are still there. And the Taliban's there. And they have well, no been released from prison. He did acknowledge it finally today. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so here we are, sir. You know, we're, we're, we, we need to go back in there and we need to take each one of those airheads, each one of those airports, secure it, go out and secure a, a corridor of safety, receive everybody, stage them, move them to another place outside of Afghanistan, and then integrate them back. We can do that. And then stand by. 
because I don't think the job's done. Like I said before to you, sir, we beat the Afghan, we beat the Taliban twice, right? Once in 2001 to 2002, and once from 2010 to 2013. We can do it again. They cannot stand up. So what do we want to do? We want to do it the right way? Well, we have people that know how to do that. Currently, those people aren't in charge. That is unfortunate, and, and that, of course, the hand-ringers and the risk-averse people, the people that say, oh, we don't have the capability and capacity, that's a bunch of baloney, and we all know it. Our service members can go in there and do it. They can do it uh, in a very safe manner. Yes, there may be casualties, and maybe there won't be casualties, but we've upped the ante on casualties because the Taliban, al-Qaeda, and ISIS think we're weak now. The world thinks we're weak now. This is... This is not right. We need to get our reputation back, our strength back, and the only way to do it is to show our military strength and muscle and go in there and do the right thing. Help me out with this hard question. And we are now left because of this dereliction of duty, I argue, of the president. We're now left with nothing but bad options. Let's walk through your plan a little bit. If you're the enemy, you always got to try and you know, this military outmaneuvering out the enemy is a big part, strategically planning, etc. If you're the Taliban and you begin to see a huge United States military presence descending on Kabul and descending on other areas of Afghanistan, and you're the Taliban, what is your next most likely move? Wouldn't it be to take America? Well, most... No, they're going to flee. They're not going to. They're not going to stand and fight with us because they they don't they can't do that. It's a no win. You don't think they take American hostages? Well, oh yes, oh yeah, they may take American hostages. Yep, that is that is a tough question, right? That's a tough thing. But you know, um, we're going to have to be prepared for that. We have we have um, you know, specially trained people that can work with that. We have special. We have all kinds of. Uh, Predators and drones and all kinds of, uh, you know, signal intelligence, all kinds of stuff that work to our, to, uh, to our favor. I would suggest before we do that, we put our intelligence people uh, together and we uh, target uh, their leadership. And, you know, General, there, there are, there are, there are so many thousands, that. though, of Americans, and we don't know where they all are. We don't even know how many there are. And, and we're not even discussing have, the certain death that would will await those that are identified as having worked with Americans for the last 20 years or in any part of that 20-year period. Right. Well, we got a choice to make, right? We can either do it the way we're doing it now, and they get killed en route uh, and beaten and killed and tortured en route. You know, the, the, uh, the uh, remain in place order is only helping the Taliban as they go from house to house to house to find people because now we've told them, to be stationary, uh, and so you know we, we got to be bold. This is this is this is bold action. This is something that has to be done. Uh, the Taliban will do what the Taliban does, but that should not prevent us from going in there and getting control of this situation uh, and holding them accountable. Uh, we're going to have to do that. If they kill Americans, then they get the same fate. I mean, we can't deal with them uh, with uh, with kid gloves. Um, and I know it. I've been there. I've, I've, I've seen it. I've had to do it myself. I've had many, many, many uh, of my service members do it. Uh, you know, uh, yep, they get a vote. You're absolutely right. But uh, 
the longer we wait to do decisive action against them, the more of a vote they're going to get, the more dicey the situation is, even though it's dicey now. we got to do it. we got to do it. And it's a combination of I want to secure the airheads because we can get people out. There are people out in Herat. There are people out in Marjar Sharif and Kandus and, and, you know, Kandahar. And, you know, Kandahar is 484 kilometers from Kabul. I mean, that's a long way to go for an American citizen and an Afghan to get out of that country without the Taliban, uh, you know, intercepting them and killing them. We got to you know, you know, General, I, I, I don't envy. You know, I, I have such deep respect for you and for the military. And, and you were there for, I think you have five bronze stars, numerous purple hearts. I know you, you've served this country with such great honor and distinction and military strategy that I, I can't even begin to, to, you know, understand the depth and the complicated uh, aspects of all this. I just don't see a good option any either way. I don't see any good options here. I, I agree, sir. There's not a good option, but I believe in bold action. I don't believe in hand-wringing. I don't believe in being risk-averse. Risk I know we got the people to do it. Uh, we're going to have to assume some risk here, uh, and we, we're going to have to do it. And I just don't sit here on the outside and say that and point my finger, uh, and, yeah, that's no? easy for someone that doesn't have to do it. I will go back in there with them. I will put on I, – I will go back there as Private Don Baldick and take orders from people and go in there and help. I, I feel so committed to this right now because it, it, it is just, it, we put the United States in peril. We put our allies across the world in peril. We've lost our reputation. We have denigrated what we stand for, freedom, liberty. We have, we have uh, you know, forsaken it's, it's, you know, it's an, General, it's it. an unmitigated disaster on every level. Um, thank you for serving your country to the extent you have, and and we we truly respect and appreciate your opinion, and and you know our thoughts and prayers are with every American, and our great hope is that we get everybody home safely. Um, thank you, sir, for being with us for just short on time. Otherwise, we we could talk to you all day. Uh, that's br- retired Afghanistan Special Forces Brigadier De- General uh, Don. Uh, Bullduck with us. We'll continue on the other side. Has fact-checked Biden and basically said he's the biggest liar. Out of touch. Not in touch with what, what, what real evidence and reporting on the ground, what our own eyes are showing us. Maybe you could take it one little step further. Maybe it gets to the, the heart of the matter, that being that America needs a strong president, not somebody that has been protected by the same media and the candidate protection program and presidential protection program heretofore. And we have to get to this crisis of Americans trapped behind enemy lines for the media to realize that a weak, a frail, a cognitive mess as a president is not good for the entire world. Maybe, you just maybe, then you can see the importance. Maybe those tweets of Donald Trump that were so mean and, and, and triggered every snowflake in the country, maybe a tough president doesn't look so bad now, does it? Just a thought. 
Sean Hannity. Always concerned for our country. Always honoring our servicemen and servicewomen. And standing up for liberty every day. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, I saw this on Mediaite. It's it's an industry website. Uh, It does really well, actually. Um, Headline, CNN, ABC, NBC, Fox News correspondents, all fact-check Biden on Afghanistan evacuations. The reality and the rhetoric are miles apart. (laughs) I mean, even fake news CNN, Victor Blackwell asked chief international correspondent uh, Clarissa Ward. Um, and she uh, I, I I really I've seen some of her work in this. And she had an incident where I guess they went the Taliban went after some of her producers. Um, very brave reporting on her part. I pray to God that every media person gets out of there safely. This is not political. This is about saving American lives right now. Every American life. Anyway, um, she's done some phenomenal work um, and deserves the credit for it. Extremely dangerous work, uh, considering the circumstances. Uh, Anyway, asked about the condition on the ground, if she'd seen any difficulty of Americans getting to the airport. Well, we had difficulty getting into the airport. It's very difficult. It's not a simple process at all. You might remember I did a live shot a couple of days ago outside the airport talking to people with green cards, people who had all their applications, their visa. They couldn't get close to the airport. How is it possible Joe Biden told us just the opposite today? And over at ABC, David Muir speaking with their foreign correspondent, also reporting from Kabul. Ask about the president's comments about Americans getting to the airport. The president said he had no intelligence that Americans have been unable to get there. The question, obviously, does that square with reporting on the ground? Answer, I mean, just totally not. That's ABC News. He said that, in fact, Americans have been dealing with this very problem, saying they were beaten by the Taliban with rubber fan belts from a vehicle. It just seems the reality and the rhetoric are miles apart. Not quite sure what advice the president's receiving, but the truth on the ground is that these people who are in fear of their lives cannot get through. That's ABC News. Over at NBC, ever think they'd be in agreement with me? Apparently, they, 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 they see the gravity Americans are trapped behind enemy lines here. We knew for weeks intelligence shows us. Five weeks ago, stern, staunch warnings, alarms going off. 23 diplomats saying, get here. This is this 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 is not a good situation unfolding. They're moving extraordinarily quickly throughout taking over the whole country. Anyway, talked about the Taliban checkpoints. There is enormous challenge. Right now, figuring out who these people are, where to put them, how to process them, and how to get them even more into the process. It's far more chaotic than that. NBC's foreign uh, chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel. President Biden just described a very orderly process, an American airlift that is going efficiently. And there's a negotiation with the Taliban that it may be difficult, but Afghans can get to the airport on these flights and 
and make it out from to Qatar, places like that. It's far more chaotic than that, he says. Enormous challenge. Jennifer Griffin, Fox News, national security correspondent. Know Jennifer for a long time. Excellent reporter. Reacted by saying, I'm having a hard time digesting what we just heard because I couldn't fact check it fast enough in real time. There were so many misrepresentation of what is actually happening on the ground, she said. There's still no good explanation for why this process is going slowly. This was a State Department run effort. By the way, they were the ones given the ex- very explicit warning five weeks ago. We have talked to and we have documented this issue for four years, and they've been slow rolling and ridiculous amounts of paperwork and 14 steps only in the last 24 hours. Doesn't even, it doesn't even, it contradicts the State Department's own letter that they sent out to people in Afghanistan today. That's how bad it is. He said this is an alternate reality that was just presented from the White House. Wow. As the president answered his five questions today, a record. Because he hasn't answered a single question in 10 days. We only He only took two brief minor breaks from vacation to give pre-written speeches by staff. As he was leaving, why do you continue to trust the Taliban, Mr. President? Or he calls Taliban. I don't know what he called them. That was being shouted at him. Came, you know... 30 minutes, most of it was a a statement. Took five, what, five questions? Five questions. First time since the fall of Afghanistan to the Taliban. And anyway, it was over, and the whole thing was over. Statement and questions, it was over in 30 minutes. And, um, you know, most major news operations were snubbed, but that's predictable. Many in the press corps were were unfulfilled, shouting at the president to answer more questions. Why do you continue to trust the Taliban? One reporter yelling. One more question, Mr. President, please. Another shouted out. He didn't say at any point in the press conference he trusted the Taliban. He did say at one point with, well, they've been saying we have been assured by the Taliban safe passage to the airport. But all of these news organizations are saying that's a lie. Biden promises all Afghan allies will be evacuated. He can't make that promise. Let me tell you right now. Oh, he did at one point. I guess he gave himself some wiggle room. I can't guarantee. I can't promise the outcome. Any American that wants to come home, we will get you home. But I can't promise the outcome. Is everybody processing this the way I am? I am a. I am aghast. It's horrifying. Never thought I'd see this in my lifetime. I've been doing this for 33 years. I've covered a lot of Adam Schiff in my career. Americans, thousands and thousands, Joe says 15,000 caught behind enemy lines of a terrorist organization. And we watched the march to Kabul happening day after day, and they didn't have any urgency. Even being warned specifically, no urgency. Just, you know, a couple of weeks ago, just bragging about how great, well-trained, some of the best-trained military on the, on the planet. That's what Biden was saying. 
They don't have a lot of good options here. AP asked if Biden would make the same commitment that he had made to get Americans out to bring the Afghans who assisted in our war front. Now, we've been doing all the reporting about how they're going door to door trying to identify any Afghani who who supported the U.S. military effort, like interpreters and people like that, people that we had made a, a pledge and a promise to, that if it came to this, we'd get them out of there safely. Yes, we're making the same commitment, Biden said. He can't, he can't even guarantee that we're going to get every American home safely. Worst part of this is there, at this point, I see no good options. This is not political. I want every American home. And we made a pledge and a promise to, to, to citizens that assisted, aided us, probably helped save American lives in this effort. Donald Trump, I told you about the call. I'll go over it with Mike Pompeo on TV tonight. Apparently a lot of people on this call, multiple people confirming to me that Donald Trump made it very clear what the consequences would be. If they didn't follow, if, if they ever achieved an agreement and they didn't live up to every dotted I, T, cross, comma, and period, he would blow them into oblivion. And now that we, you understand, apparently the president even said, do you understand me? To the leader of the Taliban he was speaking to at the time, he told me the other night on TV. I understand. Okay, now let's talk about a, let's talk about a deal. Apparently, it was that quick a shift. But do you understand the consequences? Apparently, that's why the American hasn't been killed in 18 months. The last 18 months of the Trump administration. Let me tell you why. Because they believed him. They feared him. There's a healthy respect for him. They knew he'd do it. They knew he would do it. That's the difference. Remember, I kept saying, is, and even times I, I stopped making fun of it because of the seriousness of it. Joe's gaffes and mumbling and bumbling and bumbling and this. And I, I can't call him Sippy Cup anymore. I just can't. It's too serious. I can't joke about it. I like to joke. It's not funny anymore. This is what happens when you have a weak cognitive mess as the president of the United States. He's not up to this job. The world sees it. <laughs> Our enemies see it. Hostile regimes, China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, the Taliban, they all see it. They're not being influenced by the media mob like many Americans were fed a, a line of total Adam Schiff. Adam Bull Schiff. That's S-C-H-I. <laughs> Here's a sad story I told you about. Mothers throwing their babies over walls, reported, is actually an Afghan baby viral video being lifted by a U.S. Marine over a barbed wire wall with other Marines like holding him over the barbed wire and the razor wire. So that um, at the airport in the Afghan capital. To be reunited with the father. Got the video. Baby, baby seen in the video is taken to a medical treatment facility on site, cared for by our medical professionals, apparently. I can confirm the baby was reunited with his father and is safe at the airport. Major Jim Stenger telling CBS News. You look at this, this it's heart-wrenching. 
Video taken by a human rights activist shows the baby being handed off to the Marine who took the baby over the wall. This is at Karzai International Airport. One hand, the Marine grabs this baby. You have other Marines holding the Marine so he doesn't get, you know, ripped to shreds by the razor wire or hurt the child in the process. Pentagon spokesperson is dodging, you know, won't say how many Al-Qaeda fighters did they release from prison, which even Joe Biden admitted. Kirby, this guy, the spokesperson at the Pentagon, was asked by our Fox News' Jennifer Griffin, what is your current estimate of how many Al-Qaeda inside Afghanistan? Oh, I haven't seen an estimate on that. I don't have an exact estimate. They don't even know how many Americans are there. Why would they know that? We know Al-Qaeda is a presence. We know ISIS is a presence in Afghanistan. Oh, that, that really instills confidence in American families that have loved ones across enemy lines. Griffin countered and noted that President Biden said in his speech today that Al-Qaeda has no presence in Afghanistan. An assertion that is incorrect. Unbelievable. As I think you might understand, Jen, it's not like they carry ID cards and register somewhere. We don't have a perfect picture in our ability, our intelligence gathering ability in Afghanistan isn't what it used to be because we aren't there with the same numbers. We used to something President Trump said to me in my interview with him this week. He goes, the last people to leave are the military. You don't. You don't take the military out first, which Joe Biden scrambled to do in the last week. They're the last to leave. Leave no man or woman behind. Kirby said the Biden administration doesn't believe is there isn't there a difference that is significant enough to major a threat to our homeland. Biden, excuse me, sir, what? No indication the Taliban are stopping Americans from escaping. Maybe one of the biggest lies ever told. It's unbelievable to me. I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by all of it, to be honest. I am stunned. I am, I am genuinely have a fear. I, I, if, I, if I had to describe it as you know, like a five-alarm fire, sirens blaring in my head about all that could go wrong here. And innocent people die. And all of it could have been prevented. We continue. Sean Hannity. 